Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've been teasing this episode literally since our first off-season episode of the off-season. And we are going through all of the Giants pending free agents. All 21 of them, too. Now, like 15 of them will be minimum contractor walk. But we're going to go through all 15, and that obviously means we're finally getting our Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley takes on the books, not changing them, not budging. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, hello. Happy happy Friday to everybody. Did some fun stuff at the John Boy Media Warehouse yesterday. I'm excited for everybody to see. I may or may not have made a diving catch on a very important play. But uh, we have a big app. We have a very, very big app. And I'm, I'm excited to kind of get these takes, get everything kind of off our chest, some well-researched stuff. I'm really excited to hear what you kind of have, you know, what you have come up with, with especially with Daniel Jones's contract. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna get into it, man. I'm really excited for this. They're probably gonna spend thir- 13 hours on talking about Daniel Jones' contract. <laughs> we're gonna make up for all the lost time yeah. that everyone else, and we're just gonna pack it into one episode. Um, so we'll we'll get into all that first. The Giants did hire a running back coach to replace DeAndre Smith, who went to be join the Colts, uh, and they hired Jeff Nixon. Um, now, we're actually going to spend a little more time on this on the Tuesday pod, because I want to get Mike K, who c- covers all the NFL, but specifically the Panthers, who actually broke the news. Shout out to him. I want to get him and talk about it, because he does have a relationship with Jeff Nixon. But quick kind of what uh, his resume and what he's been about. Uh, the last three years he's been at, with the Panthers was their running back coach. And then when they fired uh, Joe Brady, he was their interim offensive coordinator. And then Rule uh, promoted him to the assistant head coach the, this the last season. And then Rule got fired. Uh, and he spent a lot of time with Rule. He was with Rule at, at Baylor from 2017 to 19 as their running back coach and co-offensive coordinator. Spent a year with the the 49ers as their tight end coach. And then he was, before that, he was with, he joined Brian Dable as uh, when Brian Day was the Dolphins' offensive coordinator in 2011. Now, Dable only lasts a year there. He spent a few more. And Joe Shane was in Miami, too, at the same time. Yeah, and then the Eagles' offensive uh, assistant uh, for 2007-10, Temple, Chattanooga, Shippensburg, Princeton, Penn State as kind of running back or grad assistant coaches. So uh, went went from the college to the NFL back to the college with Matt Rule. who they've Him and Matt Rule were actually high school uh, teammates. Um, and and state college. So, what they're about, you know, they, I went and walked, looked. They ran just like the Giants, Justin. They were pretty mixed in like a zone or gap rushing team. You know, like pretty split evenly. Where the Giants probably went more to the gap than the than the zone stuff. But the Panthers' running game was like revamped this year after Christian McCaffrey even left. Actually, yeah, you know they had the number ten rushing uh, offense in the NFL, and they really weren't a great rushing team like throughout with Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, teams play them a little different when they're when they're playing Christian McCaffrey. But it was known. Like, they are a team that just runs the ball. And they did it well with him. And obviously, he was basically, as assistant head coach, he was essentially their run game coordinator. 
And they did they did that really well. Uh, you know, it's hard to judge a position coach, especially when you haven't been watching him a ton. But he definitely is qualified. He's been around for a long time, and he's been part of some, some successful rushing attacks. Yeah, Dante Foreman, Chuba Hubbard. I think they've been part of the team. Definitely Chuba Hubbard the last uh, the last two years. Chuba Hubbard, excuse me. I just like calling him Chuba. What's impressive about Jeff Nixon is just that he's been a part of good rushing attacks the last the last two years, and it's been without Christian McCaffrey. That that's my main takeaway. Uh, you said it, and the fact that he was he has OC experience. And he was even uh, interviewed for the Cowboys' vacant offensive coordinator position a couple weeks ago too. So Jeff Nixon don't know much about like f- you know philosophical stuff. It's tough to know these position coaches fully, but impressive kind of resume and background. And it's kind of it seems like it's a little late in the game getting this guy on our coaching staff. I like it. Cool. Yeah, like you said, the Cowboys did interview him for his their offensive coordinator job. So we'll talk more in depth about him on the Tuesday pod with Mike K. Hopefully, or hopefully with him. Um, he also has like some connections to a few guys on the staff. So obviously, Brian Dable, like we mentioned, he was an offensive assistant uh, when Mike Kafka was a quarterback for the Eagles. And this stupid ass phone won't stop freaking making noise, even though I have it on Do Not Disturb. Mm. He was. <clears throat> you just yeeted that. Yeah, because it's annoying. Uh, he was uh, an offensive and special team assistant when the Eagles had uh, Mike Kafka as their quarterback. And then, so this is the a more intriguing one. I'm sure this guy was part of the process. Don't, Tony Sperano Jr., who was the uh, assistant offensive line coach for the Panthers in 2021. Well, he was the running back coach, interim offensive coordinator. So those guys were uh, obviously have a good working relationship. And the run game and the offensive line coach are very much uh inter intertwined connected so we'll we'll talk about him more with michael k it's hard for me not to call mike k michael k because of yeah michael k we have a connection um, there yeah so we'll have mike k on tuesday but this episode we've been teasing it for so long we are spending it talking about the giants upcoming free agents because for the first time in a long time the giants are expected to sign some of their own players and not just one like it's been one every five years you know the last 10 years has been odell and sterling shepherd the only guys have been resigned there's a handful of their guys who they drafted who there's a good chance that they're going to be back so the giants have 21 pending free agents right now they have 44.8 million dollars of cap space they'll get another 6.7 uh, when they cut Kenny Galladay, with Leonard Williams, they could get up to uh, as much as an extra 12 mil. So I kind of put it in the middle because I expect there to be an extension there. And I don't know if they're going to get rid of all of that money. So anywhere between 57 and a half mil to 63 and a half mil. And then for their draft picks, uh, they're only going to need, need to free up $3.2 million because of uh, the top 51 rule. So they're basically looking at, unless there's some other surprise cuts, to $60.3 million in cap space, which is definitely doable. Yeah, yeah, there's certainly moves that the Giants can make to do it. It's just a matter of if or when. Um, And Bobby, I mean, I kind of just want to get right to it. Daniel Jones, um, I think you have kind of like a maybe a proposed contract about what you're looking for. I have my little proposed thing. You know, what's the mentality, pros, cons? I mean, take take me wherever you want to go. 
Yeah, so I, I I put together some quarterback contracts in recent years and some in, you know, a few years ago because there's this idea that there's no middle class for quarterback contracts. There is. It's just that middle class number jumps out at you when you see $34 million or $35 million. But there is a middle class for contracts. So I kind of went through great uh, great contracts, really good contracts, and then good contracts for quarterbacks. So the great ones, you know, quarterbacks were Patrick Mahomes, who got 10 for 450. Obviously, that helps out the Chiefs because they locked him up for so long knowing the re- their guy. When that kicked in, it was 21.6% of the cap. When it was actually signed, it was tw- it would have been 227 of that year's. Josh Allen is the other one in recent years. He got six for 258. That's an average annual value of 43 million. Uh, 23.5% at the date of the signing, 19.1% of the cap when it kicks in. Now, quarterbacks of recent who are really good quarterbacks or who are paid like really good quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, at the time, was viewed as a really good quarterback. Got five for 242. That's 40.4 average annual value. Um, that's going to be 18.9% of the cap when it kicks in. It was 23.2% of the time. Dak, four for 160. 40 average annual value. That'll be 21.9% uh, when it kicked in. It was a it was an unrestricted free agent off the tag. Kyler got five for 230. That's 46 average annual value. That's 17.9% when it ends up kicking in, 22% of the time. And then Matt Stafford, 4 for 160, 40 average annual value. That's 17.7% of the cap when it kicks in. So, Daniel Jones doesn't have the body of work to fall into those categories. He flat out doesn't. And we'll talk about him as a player and all that. Here's where Daniel Jones is going to fall in. And the good quarterback contracts. Now, Alex Smith is one that gets brought up a lot. Alex Smith was actually on the low end of this. He got four for 68, 17 average annual value. Now, that number doesn't bo- work. Yeah, don't, what's the percentage th- of the cap? It was 11.8% when it kicked in. And that was with an- another year that he had left on his deal. So that even like makes it less than it actually is. Um, 11.8. You're not going to get down that low. That would no, be about $30, $30 million. You're, yeah. you're not going to get to that point. I think the best one to analyze and look at is Ryan Tannehill, who got four years, 118 mil, with 29.5 average annual value. That was 14.9% of the cap. Kirk Cousins is also one you can look at. Uh, He got three for 84. Now, his was totally guaranteed. Uh, 28 average annual value. That was 15.8% of the cap. What Daniel Jones has going for him is he's younger than all those guys. In the good quarterback contract. Like he's four, three, four years younger than Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith when they signed those contracts. What he has going against him is he doesn't have the body of work that those guys. Even even Tannehill, if you look at, at it in total, had a, a, some better body of work than what Daniel Jones had. So, but I am saying that the contract needs to be between 15 and 16% of the cap. Um, and it's a little d- tougher because he is an unrestricted free agent. But that number for me ends up at an average annual value of 33.7 to 35.9. And honestly, I wouldn't go any higher than that because because we'll talk about leverage and stuff, but I don't think you'll need to. My contract, my Daniel Jones contract isn't even like an ideal contract for me, but it's just I'm talking myself into this is a realistic contract for Daniel Jones. That's do what you, I'm doing too. Do you feel better about like extending Daniel Jones or you maybe can are you thinking about man I kind of want to franchise tag him just because he is unproven where are you at now with Daniel Jones and how you're feeling about this 
him being on the team or whether it be an extension or just a franchise tag, how are you feeling now now that you're now after you did this exercise? I feel like I want to extend him. Um, okay. And that's for a multiple reasons, but also it doesn't stop you from getting a quarterback, which I, I am actually going to go go through like the top five young quarterbacks in the NFL and talk about what was their, the, the team that yeah. uh, drafted them situation at the yeah. time. And something that I think, you know, you just didn't, you know, you didn't mention because there's just, there's so much to talk about with this and it, it's it's boggled my brain doing research for this about just what the Giants can do, what NFL teams can do to manipulate contracts, backload contracts, void years, guarantee, you know, prorated bonus, like all, all the stuff about contracts that I'm I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I know all about. But I there are ways where even if like you're talking about the average annual value being you know what? what you know, you're say you're looking for around thirty four million dollars, right? That's where you're kind of like thirty three point seven to thirty five point nine. So that range. That's fifteen. That's between fifteen and sixteen percent of the cap. But it's not going to be spread out evenly through the three years. So that's where the manipulation. Well, no, but I'm t- I, the average annual value and then the years. I, obviously, it's never going to be spread out evenly. So that's so that's where I I come in in my brain saying how it's spread out through the years because you're we're also competing with extending Andrew Thomas, extending Xavier McKinney, operating just as a football team outside of this Daniel Jones contract. And, you know, if you want to lump Saquon Barkley into that too, that's what I'm really thinking about. It's not so much like a, I can deal with the higher AAV that I'm comfortable with, but as long as it's manipulated in a way, and I have kind of a proposal here, um, as long as it's the AAV is manipulated in a way in a certain year where, we can survive and we can get by and then maybe one year swallow the bullet, then I'm okay with that. Well, and that's the way the contracts usually get where it's like, there's right. a, there's a one year where you got to swallow the bullet, but that's why I think the giants have enough cap space to, you're not, you can't front load it, but put as much as possible on the front of it. Cause I know everyone worries about like the Thomas extension, the Dexter Lawrence extension, but similar to those, those probably aren't going to be front loaded. It's just the way contracts work in the NFL. There's very rarely are big money contracts front loaded because guess what? We'd rather deal with that thin and be able to build the team as it is now. So the Thomas and their contracts, they actually don't worry me a ton because those will be dealt with when you get to them. And Dan- I don't think Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley's contract affects those uh, by much. Like right, cool. the, Giants, the Giants will not have to walk away from a really good star player because of Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. Okay. And on their team. In free agency they could. But on that's currently on their team. Uh I don't I don't think that it would. So I don't think it has much to do with the Thomas, McKinney, Dexter Lawrence deals because those guys have years left on their deal. So like Thomas has two if you include the fifth year option. And those guys' contracts will be backloaded as well. Right on. Um but I, I would play, and so this is where leverage comes in the possible. Daniel Jones is an unrestricted free agent, meaning other teams can sign him. But honestly, Justin, other teams can't sign Daniel Jones because teams around the league are preparing their free agencies, their trades, like Daniel Jones is not available. Because guess what, Justin? He's Daniel not. Jones isn't available because no. the Giants will use the franchise tag. I don't want them to have to use the franchise, but the Giants will use the franchise tag if they're not able to get a deal done before that deadline. So other teams are not preparing. So there's not going to be the Saints going after, like the Saints aren't going to be 
preparing to go get Daniel Jones. The Jets aren't going to be preparing to go get Daniel Jones. And then other QB needy teams are going to be probably looking to go through the draft, you know, and there's four, like there's probably four first round quarterbacks that are going to be draft. Um, and here's the thing is I can't get to $40 million. I can't, I cannot. He does not have the history, the body of work to get what the 17 point, like the stat, the Stafford Kyler range. He does not have the body of work. Uh, he was not drafted by this GM. Now, for his leverage, is he is young, 26 years old. So when I mentioned Tannehill and Cousins and Alex Smith, those guys were three, four years older. Those guys also weren't unrestricted free agents. Cousins was, but Cousins got a fully guaranteed contract. Jones is not going to get that. Um, but I think the Giants have a lot more leverage than people realize. Yeah. So what what do you think the what do you think the deal could could look like? Uh, I I would say so. I said like up to thirty five point nine. Yeah. I wouldn't go. I don't think you have to, and I wouldn't go over thirty six million dollars. And now, how you spread it out with years? I kind of landed at four because here's why: Daniel Jones had a good season in two thousand twenty two. Daniel Jones was not as bad as a quarterback as people thought he was. Um, the three previous years. Really, the only time he's been just a bad quarterback was the first half of 2020. But he was in the Jason Garrett offense. His rookie year, he had turnovers. But he doesn't have the body of work to get that big... Con- where, where was I going at the start? I lost my train of thought. Well, oh, I'm, I'm here's, here's, the- here's why. Because the Giants played a very, very, very conservative offense. And this is now three years in a row of a conservative offense. Now, Jason Garrett, obviously that was schematics. Now, it was schematically that way uh, this year. But they started out not doing that. The first three weeks of the season, they were trying to like sit in the pocket. We're going to make take chunks down the field. That was part of the offense. And then it got changed. It got changed to running play action. And then at the end of the year, the quick drop back. And Daniel Jones operated that really well. But his only flaws, and I'm talking only flaws, is there was a play here or there where he should have either taken a deep shot Actually, it was less deep shots, and it was more sideline between two zone defender shots. Those were the ones. And that is what keeps me from being a little hesitant and saying and going all in and being like, let's make this a five-year deal. No doubt. This helps the team. Because after three years, we can't really point to the rookie year anymore. I I, I have trepidations that do we have a just – now he is a conservative quarterback, the same way a guy like Alex Smith was. Yeah, I. It's fair to maybe ask us heading into next year. Did that Jason Garrett Joe Judge mentality of not turning over the ball, being conservative, um, did that like ruin Daniel Jones on the 2019 ballsy Daniel Jones that we kind of liked? Um, you know, and you, people said the same thing of what Ben McAdoo did to Eli Manning after Kevin Gilbride. It was just such a total polar opposite that by the time that Pat Shermer got his hands on Eli Manning, he was just ruined and he was just ruined to just check down, check down, check down. So it could be the same thing. And leaving explosive plays on the table, we, we know how costly that is. And the best quarterbacks in the NFL, they make those big time throws. And Daniel Jones did not make them enough. But again, I think, you know, sometimes you could be splitting hairs now and you have to split hairs when you talk about, well, is Daniel Jones worth $40 million or is he worth $34 million? We're literally splitting hairs here. So again, 92, 94% of the time, Daniel Jones made the right decision of what the offense was asking. But those six, that other 6% was not like, oh, he threw this boneheaded interception. 
It was. He should have taken a. Uh, uh, he should have made a throw that's not the easiest throw in the world, but a very doable throw. And here's why I don't put it all on O line wide receiver, but I do think it's a big part of it is O line wide receiver because they don't have a dude. It's because those first two weeks of the year were Daniel Jones' worst two weeks of the year. Yeah. You know. Where the Panthers game, I mean, he, there was chunk play after chunk play that he missed. There were some chunk plays he missed in the Titans game. He threw the interception in the end zone in that first game. Now, he played, I'm telling you, he played good this year. I don't want that to be argued at all. Like this Warren Sharp argument of like, well, between the hashes and well, the red zone's not really his. He played good this year. He was a yeah, good I, quarterback yeah, I don't this like, year. And by the way, that stupid Warren Sharp stuff, I don't like discounting the most important area of the field that it's important to be efficient in. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he was 11th in total and EPA, per, not totally, and EPA per play this year. Um, they had the 15th ranked offense with a bad offensive line outside of Andrew Thomas and a bad wide receiver core. He got the most out of this wide receiver core. So there's no discounting what Daniel Jones did this year. But when you do look at box score stats, which matter when it comes to contract time, when you do look at the full body of work, we're not going up to 40. And I, I'm not going uh, over 36 because I don't need to. Yeah, the way that I have it structured, Bobby, and like this kind of mock, and I, I message Jake Barrow, do a barrel roll, go follow, you know, go subscribe on YouTube, go follow on Twitter. Um, you know, he's a he's a friend of the program. He does all absolutely awesome stuff. He's literally put out like literature that I've read about how to understand the the cap and the salary cap. Do I do I still understand it? No, but <laughs> it can give you a solid idea. So I kind of just message him and I'm like, listen, man, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around this. I'm going to give you five years and I'm going to give you one hundred ninety million dollars because I feel like that's in the middle of what the Giants ideally want which I think is what, what that 34 to 36 range, right? Where I think the Giants want to be. And then Daniel Jones wants to be around $40 million. I think that is, I think that's BS about wanting, wanting 45 million. I think that was, I think that was BS. Um, so I think Jones wants to be around 40 million. So this five years, 190 million that I kind of have mocked up, that's a $38 million AAV. But the last two years of the five-year contract, are not guaranteed here. So it's technically a three-year deal that's worth about $110 million here. And why that $110 million is important, it's $36.67 million average annual value. That $110 million number, that's a hair under 60% guaranteed, which also comes in just south of Dak Prescott's $126 million in guarantees. And it also comes in just south of a Matt Stafford's $120 million in guarantees. So I think that that range and that number and that guarantee, five years, 190 mil, with three years guaranteed, $110 million, you're paying Daniel Jones like a top quarterback, like he wants to get paid, but he is still not deservedly getting paid like a Matt Stafford, like a Dak Prescott, because those guys have earned more. And also... Dak Prescott and Matt Stafford's contracts included a fourth guaranteed year, which those the top tippy top quarterbacks will get that fourth guaranteed year. Daniel Jones is not that tip top tip top quarterback where the Giants have that out if they want in year four. Again, this is the contract that I mocked up and and J Jake Jake Barrel mocked it up too. And then that year four, you would have thirty million in savings and then twenty million in dead cap. And you know it's just in the way that the base salary is set up. And then there's a prorated bonus of ten million dollars 
every single year every single year throughout the five. So that's how I have it mocked up. So there's a $15 million cap hit in 2023, which is low. It, it will allow the Giants to do what they need to do. $25 million in 2024. $50 million in 2025, so that's the big one. You, you got to swallow that bullet in 2025, but the cap's going to continue to go up every single year. $50 million cap hit in 2025, and then after year three, nothing else is guaranteed. So that's the kind of mock-up in my head of what I have, because it doesn't just matter about the AAV. It matters about how do you structure this Daniel Jones contract to have some sort of freedom in 2023 and in 2024 to do whatever you need to do necessary to build up this football team. So I like that because I've been thinking in my head, like I look at Tannehill's contract and doing four years where obviously the fourth year isn't guaranteed, but you could, like you said, raise that average annual value up a little bit to about 38. And if you put it, make it five years and have two years of non-guaranteed. So less yes. guarantees, the higher the average annual value. That's where I could get on board with the, a 38 number. Um, but I also I'm not going anywhere over 38. Like he he's not going to get that in the open market because he's not going to hit the open market. Um, you know, and they always have the franchise tag as their weapon. But I think they're I think something's going to get done. So I think we land in the same place. But we are both. So you don't have like, hey, let's tag him and and do it one more year type uh, trepidations. Man, dude. It, so I asked you coming in, like after doing this exercise, how do you feel? I'm coming out of this exercise feeling shaky, man. And I know I, there's I agree. a way to... Paying guys sucks, especially not fully proven guys. I know there's a way to manipulate the cap and, hey, you know, we'll feel good about 2023. That cap hit on, that cap hit only being like in this, again, my hypothetical, you know, mock contract here, that hypothetical is being $15 million. I'll even feel good about, you know, 2024. It, it feeling good about it being at $25 million. Like, hey, all right, you know, we're doing all right. It's just that money that's kind of pushed back and that $50 million cap hit that would be in year three. And then if they want to keep him in 2026, it would be another $50 million cap hit. That's the type of contract that this is going to be because these quarterbacks are living in four or five year deals with years of, you know, with years of guaranteed money. So I'm, I'm feeling anxious. I, I don't, I don't think they can, if they franchise tag him, then so much other shit is just ruined for for this offseason this particular offseason with the particular guys that they have planned to maybe bring back or even go out and sign a free agency i almost feel like that's kind of thrown out if you have to franchise tag them yeah and it'd be either like you get no free agents over seven mil or you you let go of saquon so here's why giving him a long-term deal doesn't worry me the five best young quarterbacks in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. I th I'd say that's the five, right? Is there anybody else I'm missing? No, I'll, I'll let you but ride anyway, with it. It's, it's, I'm not here to debate the rankings, but th those are five young quarterbacks in the NFL. I want to talk about how they were acquired. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs were 12-4. and four. Did they have a good draft pack that year? They had Alex Smith on that four-year $68 million contract. It didn't stop them from getting that quarterback. The Bills, they went 9-7, and seven, went to the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor, so not an expensive quarterback, but they had the 22nd pick. They had to trade up and get their guy. So that's the only one that where it's like there wasn't a, really a QB on the books. The Chargers, now they went 5-11, and 11, so they had a good draft pick. 
but they had Philip Rivers on the books for four years, $83 million. If we are mad about this Daniel Jones contract, well, guess what? That means we're going to be drafting somewhat high, kind of like the Chargers were, where they had the sixth pick. They got Justin Herbert. Philip Rivers was on the books for a four-year, $83 million contract. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens went 9-7. and seven. He was picked 32nd overall. They picked a tight end before they picked him, Hayden Hurst. Joe Flacco was on the on the books on a six-year, $120 million contract. The Bengals, now they went 2-14, and 14, got the first pick, but... They still had Andy Dalton on the team for a six-year, $98 million contract. So here's why, that's that's why this doesn't scare me, is that if it goes wrong, we can still go out and identify, Joe Shane can identify the quarterback he wants and gets him, unless it's, again, unless you need the first or second pick. But how often do we see that the best quarterbacks aren't the first or second pick? Yeah. And also, at the end of the day, this team needs to draft well, and Joe Shane needs to draft well. And why Joe Shane why Joe Shane's tenure will be a successful tenure is how he drafts. And at bottom line, that's how good football teams are built. That's why back end of the draft teams like the Chiefs every single year, like the Bills, I mean, insert good NFL team here. They continue to get better having picks, you know, 20 and south, 20 and under by just drafting well. And that's what they do because they have good process. They have good teams. Um, they do have good quarterbacks too. And we're hoping that <laughs> we're continuing to hope that Daniel Jones can get better, but they draft well. Bottom line, though, so Joe Shane's Dra- got to do that. I-, I have that in all capital letters. If this team is going to get good, it is because they draft good. Drafting is how you become a good NFL team and making smart decisions in free agency. Not giant swings in free agency, smart decisions. Drafting is how this team is going to get good. So giving Daniel Jones this money is not stopping this team from getting good. And I went through the last 10 Super Bowls. So basically, it's here's the thing. It's really damn hard to win a Super Bowl. Let This past year, Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, he was paid. Um, but again, he was acquired when they had a good quarterback in Alex Smith who was paid. 2021, the Rams and Matt Stafford. They traded for a non-elite quarterback. And they had to trade two first-round picks and Jared Goff. 2020, Bucks with Tom Brady, a GOAT and unrestricted free agency. Don't think that should be the Giants' path of plan. Should it be trading for a guy like Matthew Stafford be their path? No. Unless they are a Matthew Stafford away. The Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, rookie deal. But again, they had Alex Smith paid when they acquired him. 2018, Patriots, GOAT, Tom Brady on a cheaper deal. That's not a realistic way, way to win. 2017, the Eagles won with a backup quarterback. But they even traded up for Carson Wentz. They had a good team because they drafted good. The Patriots in 2016, they had the GOAT quarterback who took cheaper deals. That's not a way to build. That's not a realistic way. 2015, you had a paid, washed, worst quarterback in the league in Peyton Manning as an unrestricted free agent. I don't think that's the way they want to attack the quarterback position. The Patriots, again, on a cheap deal, Tom Brady. The only one in the last 10 years... That falls under this, like, up, build up your team, get a rookie deal, don't pay anybody, is Russell Wilson and the Seahawks on a rookie deal. And he was a third-round pick. So you cannot build your team being like, we got to get Patrick Mahomes. That's not how you can build your team. You build your team by getting good players and re-signing good players. And if they they feel like, if they see a quarterback that they need to, we got to get that guy in two, three years from now, then they can go get him. Yeah, they so got it's, not, it's not a neat, it's not easy, but you can go and get them because that's what all these other teams with great quarterbacks did. Yeah, yeah, but I, 
this is a tough situation. <laughs> it's it's tough because it it re- it really does rest on Daniel Jones and how he how he continues to improve. Which if you're giving somebody a lot of guaranteed money, if you're giving somebody you know all, all this money, you're you're kind of you kind of want him to be at a point where he's not he he doesn't con- we don't continually feel the need for Daniel Jones to improve and take steps up. But this is just a very very interesting situation that the Giants have found themselves in because they screwed this guy for the first three years of his career. They finally gave him a good coach in year four, then pick up that fifth year option. They they should not have picked up that fifth year option. Then lo and behold. Here we are. So, um, yeah, yeah man, it's, I, again, it's not the mo- this is not a fun situation, but no. it's I believe Dan- signing Daniel Jones is the right decision. Yeah. And even if it's not the perfect decision, it doesn't stop you from winning a Super Bowl. Like this, the way that. this team is going to build a su- win a Super Bowl is by building a really good roster through the draft yeah. and then being smart with free agents. And I want to note um, for this offseason. So. That that five year hundred ninety million, where the fir- where the cap hit for the first year is fifteen million. So it's it's a base salary of five million, and then there's a you know the prorated bonus throughout the five years is ten million. So it's a fifty million dollars signing bonus. Um, with that deal, there's still thirty one million dollars left before you cut Ga- Kenny Galladay and extend Leonard Williams in two thousand twenty three. So if they if they structure it in a certain kind of way, so what would be the first year cap hit? The first year cap hit in this hypothetical five year one ninety slash three year one hundred ten million dollar guaranteed for me and Jake Barrow do a barrel roll. The cap hit would be fifteen million the first year. See, I would like to bump that up a little bit because okay. I think it's doable to bump it up. Because if you just cut like if if the if you're able to cut like half of the the cap space that there there's twelve mil of cap space the Giants would save if they cut Leonard Williams. If they extend them and get half of that, they're at fifty four. I think you can live at having $30 million of cap space for the rest of these guys and to sign a guy. Because, again, we're, contracts are backloaded. That's yeah. just the way reality is. So I, I would like to get it up as much as possible the first year. Yeah, so they can really manipulate and backload stuff by changing around, like, the base salary, right? You know, making it, like, I have $5 million, $15 million, and then $40 million for three years. The prorated bonus, just make that signing bonus, bump that signing bonus up, and then the prorated bonus the amount of money that you're getting each year that's attributed to the signing bonus that you have, I'm willing to even make that prorated bonus like around $12 million. And that's a way to kind of just evenly, you can put that money in early and then also kind of evenly just distribute that money. And then that takes pressure off the base salary too. So something we also didn't mention is void years, which you don't start a contract. Well, you don't try to start a contract with void years, but that is something you can add down the line. So I think like, so People will look at spot track and they'll look at hindsight contracts. Like I actually, um, uh, entertain was getting heat on this because he was talking about Alex Smith and they're like, well, his his highest cap it was eleven point three percent. Wasn't like, well, it's like, well, when you add stuff, like when you look back at it, it actually no, it wasn't Alex Smith. It was it was something else. But when you look back at contracts and you see the percentage of cap, it's not always telling the story because of things like Floyd years. So. Are we ready to move on to Saquon Barkley? I mean, we spent just we literally spent thirty minutes on Daniel Jones. Like yeah, we said it's we would. it's just it's just making me. It's an uneasy situation that we are really trusting that Daniel Jones needs to continue to take a step up, especially in the explosive play department. And this is also the coaching staff trusting Daniel Jones too. If you're going to pay your quarterback this amount of money, 
we can't have the the hand-holding kind of BS that we had from weeks 1 to 12 last year. Now, even weeks 13 to, you know, the postseason, to especially that wild card round, it it was hand-holding, but I don't mind hand-holding a quarterback as long as it just matches up with their strengths. I kind of feel like that's the game, like the, compli- the complicated offenses. Like, I, I don't need a complicated offense. It matches the strength of the receivers, too, in the it offensive line. It matches the strength of the receivers, but, but we don't know if that's the – if we don't know if Daniel Jones' strengths of 2019 is also the strengths of Daniel Jones of 2023. We don't know that, but we need to find out. And this coaching staff needs to – mix and match what we saw last year, the efficient play, the methodical play, early down pass efficiency. I mean, and all that's, I don't need my average up to target on first down a tremendous amount. If In fact, I don't want it a lot because I want mistakes limited on early downs. I want scheme being the reason why on early downs that guys are getting open. We're getting yak. We're moving the ball methodically down the field. We're avoiding third down. And then the explosive plays will come. But that is what needs to come for this offense, this coaching staff, to trust Daniel Jones if you're going to pay him that much money. And then Daniel Jones, whenever there's an opportunity, especially on that sideline, and there's a receiver that's running open, and especially if we're talking about a receiver that we draft in the first round or we trade for or we sign, what? Whatever, you got to trust that guy to make that play. And it is an uncomfortable situation that we are, instead of talking about Daniel Jones doing this in year two, we're talking about him doing it in year five when he's getting a probably a four or five year deal that is close to $200 million. Yeah, those throws are literally the only thing that keeps me weary. It's like, what happened there? What happened there? Because it's like when you look at like they didn't throw the ball deep, you can, but there was not very many times where Daniel Jones passed up deep passes a few here and there but it was those sideline shots were the ones that he kind of consistently passed up at times why don't you read an ad then we'll talk about saquon barkley yeah we'll talk about good old saquon barkley which i mean honestly at least in my opinion i think it's a must it's a much simpler conversation roman hair loss not just popping boners 42 percent of men experience moderate to extensive hair loss in their lifetime. That's right. Roman's got you covered with all of your men's health needs. The sooner a person starts treatment for hair loss, the easier it is to keep the hair that they have. Roman offers clinically proven medication to help treat hair loss, all from the comfort and the privacy of your home. Roman offers both prescription medication and over-the-counter treatments. Research shows that around 80% of men who use prescription hair loss treatment had no further hair loss after two years. That's pretty solid. Getting started is simple. Complete a free online visit, then a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. It's that simple. Roman then ships it directly to you in discreet packaging with a free, that's right, Free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. The discreet part is my favorite part. Right now, Roman has a special offer for our listeners. Use this link to get 20% off your first order. Just go to ro.co slash johnboy today. That's ro.co slash johnboy for 20% off. You'll be glad you did. They had a, a plane with a banner flying over the Daytona track. Did you see that? Oh, look at that. Then, yes, it was Roman. Yeah. All right, Saquon Barkley, let's talk about it. I feel like his contract has been forgotten because of Daniel Jones. Which it shouldn't be. So, storyline. Supposedly, Saquon Barkley has turned down a 12.5 mil average annual value. 
it's again we don't know what the guarantees are in that but that's that's what we've heard supposedly he wants close to the saquon or kisher mccaffrey money the number 14 mil has been thrown out there the franchise tag is 10.1 million dollars so you look at chris mccaffrey 16 million average annual value he should not get that he shouldn't touch that now guys on running back contracts that haven't been bad joe mixon chubb henry cook they make between 12 mil and 12.6 average annual value. So I think that's kind of where the Giants got that number. The cap obviously goes up with a running back position is a little bit different. Those contracts haven't been bad for those teams. A running back is not easy, easily replaceable, but it is very replaceable. And the value can be in building an offensive line. Justin, we'll talk about all the reasons why. I am firmly in franchise tag him and quietly don't even try and work out a deal with him because the franchise tag is 10.1 million dollars this guy's injury history scares the crap out of me he is not the one same player he once was and honestly they used him like a workhorse back this year and efficiency numbers were not amazing this past season injury history is something that we didn't even talk about with daniel jones too which is also very relevant and prevalent for him he just played all the games this year saquon barkley did too but but had a bad month in november i'm gonna ask this question first what kind of offense do you want to build around especially when we're talking about daniel jones is going to be the quarterback of the giants of 2023 at least and then the giants hope hopefully beyond what kind of offense do you want to build around? Do you want an offense that was similar to weeks 1 through 12 last year? Do you want an offense that's similar to what the Cleveland Browns have? Do you want an offense that's similar to the Tennessee Titans? Or week 13 to the playoffs and then looking to even improve and air it out more from there? And that is going to you and that's going to everybody that's listening to this right now. What kind of offense do you want to have? The week 13 to 18, it's more sustainable. And, I, I and I'm not someone who hates those Titans. I, I like the Titans offense. I do. I do, especially when they had A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. If you can do it. That's the thing, though. If you yes. can do it. And the Giants right now are not built to do that. They do not have the offensive line that is built to do that. They don't have the wide receivers to take it off over the top to do that. Um, I, I am not someone who says running backs don't matter. Um, and I don't want Saquon Barkley off this team. I would hate to let a talent just walk. And that's why I land in the franchise tag. And if you made Daniel Jones cap hit for the first year 20 mil, which is probably more than it would end up being, but I'm I'm highballing it, and you franchise tag him, that would leave you with $23 million in cap space. And that's including having to sign the rookies. That's that's plenty enough for them to do what they want when you consider again, contracts are front are are, are backloaded. And this is a guy who is not the same player that he was his first couple of years. You know, when these other guys got their contracts, they were in their prime. They were in their prime. Saquon's not like he's not the same playmaker that he was the first couple years of his career you know and he got a ton of carries this year out of workhorse backs which ended up being seven guys he was seventh out of seven and uh yards after contact you know he was 13th in yards per carry uh with running backs with 170 carries 25th um or sorry you know tw- 25th and in, in yards after contact in total you know, so for the whole league. But I, I like to do that with the workhorse backs, the seven of them. But he was seventh of seven. And you look at when he does get banged up, He like you said, he doesn't perform well. Uh, after 2019, the ankle injury, 
Yeah, the next five games, he averaged 2.7 yards per carry. This past year, after he hurt his shoulder versus the Packers, he averaged 3.6 yards per carry in the five games after. And if you want to turn that into eight games, it even gets lower, down to like 3.2. So, again, I, I, I'm I not someone who wants Saquon Barkley to walk. I actually I wouldn't be totally against it if it meant signing a linebacker or somebody. Uh, but I think you can franchise tag him and keep keep some guys – and also maybe make us like a, a splash linebacker signing. All right, let me say the thing that's going to get I get I guess people mad first. Don't care, just say it. If Daniel it's, Jones is franchise tagged, I'm letting Saquon Barkley walk. Oh, that's that's actually like it's you basically have to let him walk if you franchise tag Daniel Jones. Okay. If Jones can get a contract done with the low cap hit, I am okay with franchising Saquon Barkley for this year while actively looking for his eventual replacement in what seems to be a deep running back class in this year's draft. It's simple for me. Seeing how Barkley declined in the month of November, seeing how he doesn't have the same explosivity as 2018, I prefer for this franchise tag to be the start of moving in a different direction. That's for me, right? That's for me this year. I, I kind of agree. I would view it as what the Steelers did with Le'Veon Bell. And listen, I understand there's more factors of he's the face of the franchise, all that stuff. I understand that. So, But you cannot ignore not just the history of the running back position. Um, and there's bad faith arguments made with that. Because like I said, the Mixon, Chubb, Henry, those cook, the Cook contracts, those haven't been bad for those teams. Um, even though Derrick Henry is also built in a lab, by the way. You can maybe even say Chubb is Chubb is the the same ish, but Chubb also plays behind a great offensive line, right? The volume that Saquon Barkley got this year, and and throughout his entire career, career too, you know, even in twenty eighteen, it was it was a lot, it was a lot of carries that he got, it was a lot of touches. Even think of the receptions that he had in twenty eighteen as well. Despite even missing a year, this dude has taken a lot of hits. And he's suffered some injuries that have slowed him down. And even not missing a single game this past year, there was something that slowed him down in the month of November. There was something that slowed him down in the month of November. And every year, I don't know what it is, Bobby, but I I remember, remember on the podcast how I looked at the splits and I said, hey, in the month of September and October, Saquon Barkley's pretty good. November, he's like really bad. His yards per attempt is under four. And then December, for whatever reason, he has like this resurgence renaissance of a month. And then lo and behold, that was Saquon Barkley's season. But okay, in the month of November, we were relying on Saquon Barkley being the team and it almost led the Giants not making the playoffs like that very, very bad stretch of the month of November. So, and I and I just think of it from, how do I want to build a team, Bobby? I want to build a team around, hey, I want to build it around a running game and a passing offense, not around a running back. That is how I want to build a team. It's how I want to build my modern day offense. The way that the Giants operate in weeks 13 to the wildcard round does not include paying Saquon Barkley 10 plus million dollars for it to be efficient and for it to be a top 10, maybe even top five offense in the National Football League. I'm sorry, it just doesn't include Saquon Barkley being paid that much money. Yeah, um, 
it's going to be about drafting good. But at the same time, I think we're both in the franchise tag mode is because Saquon right now is a good player. You don't want to get rid of good playmakers right now when you don't need to. Um, and again, you could ignore all you want. The running back is the most replaceable position in football. Not easy, really, easily replaceable, but it is the most replaceable position yeah. in all of football. And I'm not going to use – and by the way, that Marcus Mosher – chart that comes out after the Super Bowl, I found out this year that that scumbag has been using base salary for that instead of average annual value. So oh, there's guys so who only had like $10 million ca- like average annual value. Anyways, he so yeah, So literally literally how we talked about how we can manipulate Daniel Jones's base salary for year one to be like $5 million, but he'll get like $10 million in, 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 a, in bonuses. Oh, okay, so yeah. He yeah. also puts Percy Harvin on there like Marshawn Lynch wasn't the workhorse and the second highest paid player on the team. <laughs> Um, that chart is so, so scumbaggery. But anyways, back to the point. Um, again, this is a guy who's not the same playmaker that he once was. He's someone that does not deal with injury well when he when he's dealing with it. And again, this year out of the workhorse backs, he was seventh out of seven in yards after contact. Again, I am not comfortable giving him a long term deal. I franchise tag. Yeah, and if and, and and you know what? As much as we talk about it, it's bad business, but. I'm not going to cry about a guy getting a guaranteed $10.1 million either. No, I'm not either. I'm not either. I just think of the way the, the way that this team is built best is by throwing the ball and having an efficient running game. That's how it's built best. Yeah, and we had an efficient running game in 2020 without Saquon Barkley. We had it with Wayne Gallman, who didn't barely even played the rest of his career, and, and 90-year-old Alfred Morris. Yep. Was that some amazing offensive line? No, it was not. So it's it what he what he does as a playmaker is not easily replaceable, but having an efficient running back, an efficient running game is yeah. rela- is replaceable. All right, so we both landed franchise tag with Daniel Jones with uh, Saquon Barkley or with Saquon Barkley, yes. All right, let's talk about Julian Love. Twenty four years old, uh, had had his, his first like solid year, first year as a full time starter for the Giants. I looked at other contracts to compare in recent years, and and Jerron Curse for the Cowboys got two for ten. Jordan Whitehead got two for fourteen and a half mil for uh, the Jets. Justin, for a guy who struggles playing deep safety, and even in the box, he's not an amazing player. He's just a solid player. To keep Love, I think it's got to be around the two to ten million, like two for ten uh, type deal. Like I, th- I think it ha- it can't be some it, like the idea that it could be ten mil is crazy to me. Um. He's just not that guy. Like Jabril yeah. Pepper signed Jabril Pepper. Like if we're paying a safety ten, like bringing a guy like Jabril Peppers back, like who's an un, who had a good year for the Patriots coming off a torn ACL and is an undoubtedly better player. Like, uh, and I get Julian Love means a lot to the team, but two years, ten million dollars is fair for Julian Love. And yeah, reasonable. I, I I agree with that, and I know these. You know, we were talking pre-show. I know these contracts were done. You know, a couple years ago, but. Tyron Matthew and Jordan Poyer are making close to $10 million per year. I I don't think Julian Love is is that kind of player at all. So now that you know we finally got to look at the the safety contracts and what they're getting and knowing Julian Love's strengths, I'm feeling much more comfortable about maybe getting him on an affordable deal, kind of like the one that we thought that maybe we can get him in preseason as this you know, yeah, we should have extended Julian Love. That that I will say that was a mess up. Julian Love was a solid enough player to try. Yeah. And maybe they did try, and Julian Love said, I want a year as a starter, so maybe. But 
I, I, here's what I'll say. I hope that they tried to work on getting an extension for Julian Love before the season because we said it on his PPP is you need Julian Love's on your roster yeah. and we should be back. Um, so I really hope that they tried to get one before the season, not mid season, but before the season, even not as a starter. But I mean, Julian Love, I, I, you know, he did prove that he should be, you know, a starting caliber player on a, on a defense. But, you know, before the year, we were like, Julian Love is just. A glue, you know, he's a glue piece. You know, he's a duct Swiss tape. Army knife. He duct tape. He can kind of, he can kind of go anywhere, be anything, and do whatever for you. So, I'm confident that Julian Love, as long again, as long as they can negotiate Daniel Jones's contract, you know, in a, in a favorable spot in 2023, I'm confident that Julian Love can get back here for you know a two year deal or a three year deal with two years guaranteed. Yeah, I, I think he'll be back. I don't think it's going to be a ton, but I can also see Love wanting to test free agency um, and seeing what he can get out there and, and trying to get the most out of it. Cause he, it, it might be more than what the giants are willing to offer teams pay safeties as we know, but then you'll see safeties not get paid at all. That are like good safeties. It's very weird. Like if there's one position that like, wow, this guy's still a free agent in August or July, it's safety. We see all yeah. like guys like Trey Boston, even Logan Ryan, obviously Logan Ryan was playing corner before that. It's just a, it's a, a weird position, but Julian Love, again, is someone who struggles from playing deep safety. He's a good player in the box, not an amazing player. Like what Peppers did in the box was a lot better than what Julian Love did. Uh, I'm aiming for that two for ten. Uh, I don't know if that's what it's going to end up being, but I think that's a reasonable aim when Curse got that. And you look at their careers and they're very similar. Two for ten, maybe three for fifteen. And again, it's it's kind of like two years, two year deal, and you you eat whatever year three or you know however these contracts are structured. I, I think it, I think he could push for three. Safety market is is the weirdest thing. It's just it's like it's so unpredictable. Yeah, and there's no rhyme or reason for whether you're deep, whether you're in the box, or you know whatever, whatever. Uh, all right. So I want to talk about Darius Slayton, Richie James, Nick Gates, but first, Manscaped is now selling. Beard products. Wow, how about that? Replace the bulky razor of yours with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit and get 20% off plus plus free shipping? Oh, but you got to use the code GIANTS. That's a pretty dang good deal. Um, I gave it to my friend. He's loving it. He texted me. He's like, I thank you so much. This has changed my beard. And it all starts with the Beard Hedger. The waterproof cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more messy jars full of extra, full of extra add-ons. Plus, the trimmer has a titanium coated T-blade that is tough on hair but smooth on your face. The Pro Kit also comes with beard shampoo and conditioner, Manscaped's beard oil, and cap it off with the beard bomb the pro the pro beard kit also comes with three gifts a beard brush comb and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress so to get 20 percent off and free shipping that's a lot of money with our code with uh with our code giants at manscaped.com the manscaped beard hedger pro kit the premier solution uh, to face grooming get 20 percent off and free shipping with our code giants at manscaped.com all right darius slayton this one hurts me a little bit. He's 26 years old. Out of all the free agent wide receivers, he has the fourth most yards this season. He led the Giants receiving three or four years. When you look at guys who are in that similar range who have gotten contracts, it's been Cedric Wilson got three years, 22.8. Zay Jones got three years, 24. I don't think people realize that Darius Slayton is going to get between seven and eight million dollars. Yeah, my my note is is that I think he will at least make seven million dollars per year. Do you bring him back? 
No. It hurts me to say not bring him back, but you, you don't bring him back. But you gotta have a clear plan for wide receiver. You gotta have a clear plan of upgrade. They don't have anybody. They <laughs> they have Isaiah Hodgins and Wandale. Who else? Wandale coming off a torn ACL. That's it. And that's why it's like it's so hard for me to say that, but I don't know. It's tough. But and I really he's gonna, want him he's to be gonna back. get seven mil, so it's not like bring him back at four or five. And if they're able to do that, then they freaking work miracles with the guy they force to take a pay cut. Like if they're able to get him back at like four to five mil average annual value. So I, this one is tough. But for a guy that here, what well, you know, you what, know he, would, he wanted they wanted him gone. They wanted to trade him for a guy that I'm not even sure if Joe Shane and Brian Dable like to begin with. I do not think they are giving him seven million dollars. Seven million dollars, and because of how weak the free agent wide receiver pool is this year, and just how wacky and wild wide receivers are getting paid now, I think Darius Slayton will get paid seven million dollars. Would you rather have Julian Love or Darius Slayton? Are we taking into account AAV and how much they're getting paid? Are we just saying like player wise? Yeah, we're taking into account everything. I would, I would rather have Julian Love back on an affordable contract than pay Darius Slayton as that's uh, pay Darius Slayton seven million dollars a year, and I love Slayton. I just think Love's a lot more replaceable. Like you got to have a like you cannot go into this year without a plan of upgrading the wide receiver room, and that and you can't that plan can't be reaching either. Or spending a ton of money in free agency because there's no one right. to spend a ton of money in free agency unless you, unless you want to go juju. This is tough. So what My do you heart do? says Slayton. My mind says that they're probably going to do pick love over Slayton. Yeah. Yeah, they don't I think, like I just think I think another team is going to value Slayton more than the Giants will. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's been real. It's been real big play, Slay. All love, baby. Richie James, twenty-seven years old, had fifty-seven catches, five hundred sixty-nine yards, and four touchdowns this year. Um, the only guy I could really compare to this in recent years getting contracts was Braxton Berrios, who had similar numbers in two thousand twenty-one. Not the same amount, but similar. But he was also an All-Pro returner. But again, still had that return value that Richie James kind of has, I guess, even though he fumbles returns. Um. I think you can get him back like two years, seven mil. Yeah, I was thinking three three for ten. Yeah. Is, is there going to be a team that sees his numbers and really values him? That's no. my question with Richie James. You don't think so? No. I think the Giants and Joe Shane do, though. What would be like a, I can't believe we spent this money on Richie James number for you? Three for 15. I could see, I mean, th- three three for 12, I can I can see. I, I, I don't feel comfortable giving guaranteed money to Richie James. They need bodies. They just need bodies. I know. That's why it's like we spent we went all the way to the end of the wide receiver and like this is like honestly, like the Darius Slayton conversation was way tougher for me than the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley ones. Those those <laughs> those I feel definitive on. The Darius Slayton one tears me up apart, tears me up inside. Yeah. Um Nick Gates is twenty seven. John Feliciano is thirty one. Right, so, all right. So, what's the what's the conclusion on on Richie James? Two years, seven mil. Because even the Jets, I think Braxton Berrios, is like I think the Jets might be like we don't love that contract. And would you do it? 
No, I'm, I'm going to trust the staff to identify the next Richie James. Okay, fair. And we talked about it on the wide receiver room. I think he was a big part of – now he doesn't get – he deserves a lot of the credit, but a big part of his success was Daniel Jones in the scheme. Yeah, I would do it. Nick Gates and John Feliciano, 127-131. I think they both end up somewhere between like the minimum and maximum like two and a half mil. To me, this is easy. I'm giving. I'm bringing back Nick Gates, who was better than John Feliciano, especially when he played center. The differences weren't too much when Nick Gates was at guard. Um, but he's 27 years old, and guess what? Nick Gates actually has an offseason to get better at football and not a year and a half of hoping his leg doesn't fall off. This is an easy decision. I'm really hoping they don't play favorites and pick their guy in Feliciano. Nick Gates should be back on the Giants. Doesn't he, Not even slating him to be a starter, but he should be on the Giants. Depth matters. Yeah, I, I agree. Nick Gates is younger too, right? Yeah, he's 27. Feliciano's 31. You don't think John Feliciano would go and try and find a, another spot where he thinks he can start for a year and maybe get more money? I think that's he's, possible. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he got two and a half mil last year. That could happen. But I also don't... Yeah, I guess that could happen. Feliciano had some good win rate numbers. and he did, and Feliciano on, on could fairness, get one of those weird, like bigger contract than you expect type guys yeah yeah I, I could say and in all fairness to him he did finish the season better than what he started and I think you you know you've been you've been one to say it's it's of course when when we started calling for Nick Gates and Nick Gates started to get healthy that's when John Feliciano started to play better so yes which was very I mean I was happy Feliciano was playing better but it was like for my argument all right now the final segment of this podcast we'll go quick and we could do quick one hitter notes minimum Vet minimum or walk? Jihad Ward. Walk. Actually, I'm. I, see, I'm known as the Jihad Ward hater. I'm going vet min. There's an, bring him back as your fourth edge guy. Vet min. No, no, no harm, no foul. Matt Breida, minimum or walk? Minimum. Minimum. He's got the minimum the last two seasons. Sterling Shepard, minimum or walk? Walk. Retire. It's time to retire. It's time yeah. to retire, Shep. Fabian Moreau, minimum or walk? Does he even get the minimum? If he doesn't, then walk. I'm not feeling favor more than the minimum. Okay. Maybe like two mil, two and a half mil, but not much more than that. I, I would try and keep Fabian Moreau around. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I'm not putting a premium on, on his season, even though it was nice. But the Giants have to get better at corner with youth. O'Shane Zimmerman is minimum or walk. Walk. Run. Get the hell out. <laughs> Was useless this year. Rude. Casey Kreider. We're bringing back Casey Kreider. Yeah, fantastic. We love you, Casey. Nick Williams. Walk or minimum? Minimum. We just need bodies. He's coming off an injury. I'm letting him walk. When you ah, do, yeah, I, 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 want, I want I want new blood and defensive tackle. Jalen Smith. We'll drop kicker ass out of here. Please don't yeah. say minimum. No, no, goodbye. Marcus Johnson. Walk. Yeah, I agree. Walk. Maybe you bring him in the camp, but that's about it. Yeah. Tony Jefferson, minimum or walk? Walk. Walk. Landon Collins. I think he may get more than the minimum somewhere else. I would be surprised. I'm going to let him walk. I am letting him walk. Jamie Gillian. I wrote down whatever. I, I'm not going to have a. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about special teams. Justin Ellis, minimum or walk? Walk. Get out. Jared Davis. This is really rude. 
Jared Davis, minimum or walk? I don't like this segment. Um, <laughs> minimum, minimum. I'm going to say walk. We, oh, okay. uh, we, we need fresh blood at the linebacker core. All right, that's an episode. Oh, that was a tough way to end it. <laughs> it's one of the best segments in Dawkins Genesis history. Minimum L- or liver, walk. liver die, die. Yeah, okay. that's what we should have named it. Liver die. We're like Nick Williams, dead. Jalen Smith, dead. Dead. Ocean Zimenez, two <laughs> dead twice. Dead, uh, dead, brought back to life, killed again. Now, some of these guys will like, like a Marcus Johnson, we say walk. Marcus Johnson is someone who they could bring back into camp. And yeah, like I'm not going to, but you're like, hey, let's not, let's not make a part of the 53. Yeah. Like, I wish we could have got him on a futures deal, but he was on the roster, so you can't. All right, you got anything else? We'll be back Tuesday. I think we're going to have, like I said, Mike K, not Michael K, but Mike K. And then I think we're going to have another reporter on. I got to confirm with him. But I think we're going to have another reporter on Tuesday, too. So it's Combine Week. Combine Week. Ooh, Combine Week. Even though I the Combine think... doesn't really even start to like Friday. Like it, it's Thursday through Sunday now. I know. So I, I think the JM Entertainment, John Boy Media Combine may be coming out next week. I will get specific dates and we'll start to hype it up next week. And I've seen some of the drafts of the videos. It's pretty fucking funny. I'm very excited for you all to see it cool beans all right we appreciate you guys and have a nice weekend go watch some nascar tell them that we sent you have a good weekend until then let's go big blue